Hello, everybody. Hey, welcome back to Cal Banyan's Hypnosis, etc. with Celeste Hackett. We bring you fun, interesting, engaging, and sometimes controversial topics in the profession of hypnosis. And if you're watching this video anywhere else besides calbanyan.com, you'll probably want to check it out because when we refer to links and resources on the web and other stuff that's of interest, we put it right down there underneath the video. Hey, Celeste, how's it going? Hi, I'm doing just fine. Everything's going great here in Plano, Texas. And uh, we got some great questions for you coming up, Cal. I'm so excited. I want to see how many, qu let's, let's kind of do a challenge today. Let's see how many good questions we can get through or bits of really, I, I want this to be one of the most information-packed podcasts we've ever done. Let's go. Okay, I think we can do that today. The first question is a, uh, comes from AskCal at ourhypnospace.com. And the guy says, the hypnotist says, I have a client, a male client, coming in to see me because he cannot stand hearing his wife and his daughter smack. I guess when they eat or just when they talk. By the way, I have a problem with smacking. I've noticed on these podcasts, so I'm a little embarrassed reading this. <laughs> anyway, he says while they're eating mainly, it drives them crazy. And he would like to continue the relationship with them, but he's going nuts. And he asks for your suggestions for hypnosis, you know, how he can use hypnosis to, to help this guy. I really like that. In fact, I'm rolling up my sleeves right now to just really give my best on these questions. Now, this is the deal here. This reminds me kind of like the snoring problem. Now, you see, these, these family members are not bothered by this at all. And guess what? Unless they're highly motivated to change, they're not going to change. So the only one that's having the problem is this potential client. Am I reading that right, Celeste? Yeah, you know what? This is a perfect example of something I was talking about in our supervision yesterday. Uh, every, at least once a week, usually on Wednesdays, I get our hypnotherapists here at our center and I watch their videos and I supervise them and give them you know, ways to improve on their sessions. And one of the things I really talked about is where feelings come from. And what happens is first we have a, a, a perception. It's a sensation, you know, Taste, taste, touch, sight, smell, hearing, these kinds of things. And then what happens is we immediately give it meaning. And then the meaning is, in, in the most general terms, are that this is either going to fulfill our needs, wants, and desires, or it doesn't. And if what we're seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, whatever it is that we're, that we're sensing, if we give it the evaluation, this is likely to fulfill my needs, wants, and desires, then we feel good, we feel happy, we feel safe, we feel loved, whatever the need, want, or desire is. But if we don't, if we don't evaluate it as being something that's going to fulfill our need, want, or desire, then we feel bad, and it might be angry, frustrated, and this kind of stuff. So, here is this smacking sound. In and of itself, it doesn't mean anything. If you just hear I mean, it's just noise. But there's something going on him, inside of him that's causing him to give meaning to it or get in touch with an emotion from the past where he gave meaning to it. How am I doing so far, Celeste? All I'm thinking is about my husband slurping his soup. Go on. Wait, I've slurped some coffee here. Hmm. Okay. So, what we would do with this fellow is we say, no problem. This is easy. We do it all the time. And we're going to 
we're going to do our, you know, our typical preparatory work. We're going to do our intake paperwork. We give them the, the, the hypnosis pre-talk. And then we're going to do the pre-hypnosis interview where we get the history of the problem. And then we're going to hypnotize the individual. We're going to take them to the depth of hypnosis we need, which is at least the threshold of somnambulism. We're going to then, we're going to covertly test them for that level. And then we're going to do our convincers. And then we look at the clock. And we say, do we have enough time to move in to the next phase, which would be age regression? If not, we'll wrap it up with direct suggestion, telling them that they're going to respond to that feeling, feeling uh, to that perception of the smacking sound. And it's not going to bother them anymore. Or it's going to make them feel a certain way. You have to find out from the individual how they want to respond to it. And you simply suggest that. But if you have time, you'll go into the age regression. And here's where it gets to be fun is you're going to bring up the feeling that he gets when he hears the sound. And then you'll follow that feeling back to where it began. Let me ask you something, Celeste. Did, did, what information do we have about that individual client's um, feelings? There weren't any. There weren't, and I, I was kind of hoping that would show up too. It was just exactly how I read it to you. I, I got the idea, I don't know if this is right or wrong, this person might not have done a lot of age regression or affect bridges or anything like that. He just says, you know, possibly might be looking for a script or something, but uh, no feelings were mentioned. Okay, let's see. Okay, I, I'm going to put myself in that, in that seat in my mind, and I'm thinking, oh, this person's driving me crazy. And I'm thinking, okay, this is, he's probably... Uh, thinking that let's let me just throw a feeling on here he's a little bit miffed ticked or PO'd about it you know he's probably asked them to stop and they haven't stopped and so and the fact that he's tried and tried and tried has caused him to be frustrated so you notice how we're just guessing that's the problem that's what the client will do at the very best and and we just don't really want to be in that situation we put them into somnambulism and then we say what there's a feeling inside you get whenever you hear that noise and as I count for one to five it comes up as strong as powerful as as it's ever been or here's another way you can do it is you can just tell them in a moment you're gonna count from five back to one and you're gonna go back to a recent time where you were in that situation where these family members were making this noise and it was driving you crazy. Five, four, three, two, one. So you could do affect bridge or you could do a date time age regression to the specific time. Once you get there, you do the magic five questions or the fantastic five. You find out what's happening, what are they thinking, what are they feeling, how old are they, familiar or new, and continue driving back until you get to the ISC. And while you're asking those five questions, one of them is, what's happening? The other one is, what are you thinking? Now, the thinking part, this is so important. This is where they're adding meaning to what they're perceiving. Remember in the beginning of this, I talked about we perceive something, you know, we sense it, and then we give it meaning. Well, what they're thinking is the act of what? Giving it meaning. And then whatever meaning that client gives it, causes the emotion. And so what we're going to do is we're going to follow that emotion back and what we're going to do is we're going to shift the individual's perception uh, that he has with regard to that, that sound until he can feel the way he wants to feel about it, which is probably neutral. Uh, can you add anything to that, uh, Celeste? No, not so far. You're doing a fine job. Continue. 
<laughs> thank you very much. And then also, uh, what we'll do is once we neutralize the emotion and change the, what's going on in the head, the meaning that they're giving that sound, however it started, then we'll go through the SSEs, reinforcing the change. And then what I'm going to get into in a future episode a little bit more, we're going to do some age progression work where you can go in the magic of the mind into the probable future and re-experience hearing those sounds feeling just fine because that creates an expectation of success and the mind tends to experience what it expects to experience and then we're going to deal with it even further by neutralizing anger and also any kind of anger at himself or guilt that he might have had with regard to the issue. And some people say, well, what if this is not about anger or guilt? Every time you do phase three and phase four, which is forgiveness of others and forgiveness of self, you create insight. And insight, what does it do? It does something amazing. It forces the subconscious mind into a state of hyper-suggestibility. And any suggestions given which are consistent with that insight, what, become permanent. So if he was angry at someone and that person made the sound and that anger became attached to the sound and every time he heard that sound in his life, he would get angry, you see, then what we do is we're going to take care of that in the age regression and we're going to reinforce it in the forgiveness session. And then, you know what, there's probably been some times in his or her life where she responded to it in a less than perfect way and they might be feeling some guilt or some anger towards themselves and that's going to be taken care of in phase four. Now, that should take care of the problem utterly and completely. If it doesn't, then you know what? There might be secondary gain issues going on and with that we'd go into phase five and do some parts work and what we would do is what I call parts mediation. We'll go in and we'll find out what that person might be getting out of still being kind of irritated by the problem. But in most cases, we don't have to worry about secondary gain with things like that. How's that, Celeste? I think all across the world right now, when you were talking about how uh, anger is connected to that, that um, the sound of smacking and how it's important, if you can neutralize the anger, then they'll be more in control when someone is smacking. When you were talking about that, I could hear all the bells going off in the heads of all the hypnotists watching all over the world. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. That was really cool. And also, you want to know when you're doing some work like this, Cal talked about um, asking the client how they want to respond. You also want to get on that intake form a list of their benefits. If they can respond the way they want to, how will they benefit? And throw that in in the direct suggestion. It will help a lot. That's right. Because why? Because what the great prophet Mary Poppins once said, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. And by that in in the hypnosis profession, that means when we add benefits to suggestions, meaningful benefits, benefits that are meaningful to the client, to the suggestions we give, the subconscious mind is more likely to swallow the suggestion. How's that sound, Celeste? That sounds really good, Cal. And you know, the last time we, we did this together, you did this big old interview on me, and I was just, just feeling really important, I must say. Um, and I want to ask you a question, sort of an interview question, may I? Sure, I can always edit it out. <laughs> well, you know, you got your daughter working there with you, Kelsey. 
And I think a lot of us hypnotists really want to know what's it like to, to work with your daughter because we know um, that you do supervision. And we know that sometimes, you know, cow banding can be kind of tough in those supervisions, especially when uh, people are working for you at your hypnosis office. And so I'm just I'm wondering, how is it to, to handle her in this situation while she's learning? Are you a little easier on her? Are you a little more hard on her because she's your daughter? Or just how is it going? Well, I tell you what, I am just, I'm having so much fun. I've been thinking about this a lot. And there's something, I think, inside of parents that you, you just so much want to share what you do with your kids. I, I don't know why that is, but it's like it's giving me so much satisfaction to uh, be telling her about all this stuff in the, in the kind of detail that you have to know it to be a, uh, a hypnotist here at our center. And fortunately, uh, Kelsey kind of takes after her dad and that uh, she's very rational. She's a really good student. And uh, so far, I've had nothing to be too tough on her about. Uh, and uh, so I'm really excited. And right now, she's putting together, we have a joint project going on where we're putting together, and we don't know exactly what to call it yet. It's kind of a five-path procedures manual. It's kind of like if you were to go out of, the set, out of our class and go right into working and seeing clients in our center, what book would you like to have in hand? And that's what we're doing. It's, it's kind of a five-pathers guide or a transition book. It's like how to go from the classroom into seeing clients and it's, so she's reorganizing all of my material in a real uh, you know, practical applied way. So, uh, it's, so because of that project, she's just so on top of all the material that so far I've mostly been just just praiseful of her. It's been pretty easy. Well, you know, I saw a recent blog of hers on ourhypnospace.com, and that's what prompted me to ask the question. I don't remember what she wrote, but I just was so impressed with what she wrote that she was getting five path, and it was coming to her pretty easily and quickly. And I thought, oh my God, she's a chip off the old block. I can't wait to see how she develops. I know. She drives her mom crazy because she's so much like me in the way she thinks, uh, at least about studies and, and doing things like that. So, uh, so far there's been no problems where I've had to get on her too hard. Uh, I'm a pretty tough supervisor and because I don't pad too much. It's like, okay, look, you came here to learn. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this nice, but I'm not going to spend too much time making it nice. And I'll say, gosh, where did you get that from? Or you're not doing this right, and I'm pretty direct. That's just my personality, and so far, she's doing great. Well, she's had a lot of practice, too, hasn't she, over the years? Well, she's integrated a lot of the information by osmosis. Oh, that's nice. She's a lot luckier than a lot of us starting out. Yeah, my husband knows more about Five Path than a lot of people around here, a lot of hypnotists in town. <laughs> Well, you want to move on to the next question, or do you think we should go on to dumb hypnotist tricks? I want to have another question. Okay, another question then. All right. Um, how to handle age regression with a client who jumps around? Okay, so I can't remember where I got this question, but the question is, I have a client. We're doing age regression. I say go to an earlier time. And he goes forward in time and he keeps doing this. How long do I let this go on? Is it something I'm doing wrong? Yes, there's something that you're doing wrong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what's wrong with you? Okay, what's going on there is a couple of things. 
One, uh, sometimes as they're going, I'm going to kind of draw a timeline here in front of me, as they're going back in time through, you know, now through the different SSEs, they, this is what we call uncovering work. Stuff will come up that hasn't been really processed for a long time. And let's say you're going back from 20 years old to 15 years old to 5 years old to 3 years old. And it's kind of like peeling the onion. As, as they go back to that time, all of a sudden something that when they were 7 years old seems really relevant. And you, you ask the questions like, okay, uh, what's happening? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? How old are you? Is this familiar or new? Because you're trying to determine if you should go back further or not. And let's say, for example, they say it's familiar. And you say, okay, uh, five. Let's go back to an earlier time you felt this way. Five, four, three, two, one. And they go to seven. That's no big deal. What's happened sometimes is, you know, there's just this relevant chunk of information has come up and they want to visit that kind of to, because it's, it's pertinent. Now, if they start going to stuff that doesn't seem so pertinent, then what's going on there is they're avoiding that and they're kind of like, you know, you know, it's just the protective part of them not wanting to go to that maybe painful earlier SSE or ISE or SPE. And so you just have to kind of look at what kind of content is coming up. If it's good content, you know, stuff that's relevant, then, then certainly let it come up and ask the five questions and, and then keep going earlier. But obviously you can't just be bouncing around for an hour. You need to get to the cause of the problem. So let's say the earliest event you had been to, uh, it's an ISC or an SSE, you don't know at this point, and they've been bouncing around, um, let's say the earliest IS, uh, event that you've gone to so far was five years old, and now they're bouncing around between 16 and nine, then you, you kind of got to look at the clock and say, okay, this is all fine and dandy, but we got to get to the cause of this problem. You say that in the privacy of your own mind, you don't say that to the client, and you will just, be a little more directive with the, with the client and say, okay, in a moment, I'm going to count backwards from three to one, and you're going to be at that, at some time earlier than the earliest event we've been to, that time when you were five and you were playing in your toy box, for example. So let's say they said earlier in the session, five was the earliest age we had been to. They identified it as a time when they were playing in the toy box. They said that it's familiar. You said go to an earlier time. Instead of going to an earlier time, they go to 9, and then they go to 11, and then they go to 10, and you go look at your watch. Gosh, it's time to get on here. And you say, now we're going to count from 3 back to 1. When I get to 1, you'll be at a time before when you were 5 years old playing in your toy box. Here we go. Three, you know, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And you, that's okay to do that because they said that the feeling was new. I mean, was excuse me, was familiar. That means that it did occur before, and so you can just, boom, get them back there. Now, if they uh, refuse, then you got to do the talk with them, and you're going to, just a quick recap of the talk is you have them open their eyes, and you tell them, gosh, I think I can help you with this, but you got to follow my instructions. If you don't follow my instructions, then I'm not going to be able to help you. I'd like you to think about all the things you've tried in the past to deal with this problem. And now I'd like you to think about what you're going to do if you don't do this. And so now I want you to decide, shall we proceed? And so far, every time, knock on wood here a little bit, uh, that that's worked for me and I'm able to then get them on to the earlier time. How's that, Celeste?
That sounds excellent. Very good. And what I like about this uh, show is that I myself can go back and watch it again and pick up things that uh, I don't get the first go around. So I'm excited about all that. I want to watch this part again. Sounded really good, Cal. And I guess we need to move on to dumb hypnotist tricks now. You ready to do that? Yes, bring one on me. Okay, I'm going to ask you about this one. I want you to, our, I want you to go into t detail about this one. Getting a doctorate in hypnosis. Oh boy. Now, this is a very interesting topic. I'm going to tell you what I think and what I believe. Your opinion and experience may differ. I've already, just last week, well, a couple weeks ago, made someone very angry at me about this. And it took Maureen a couple of minutes on the phone talking to this hypnotherapist to get that individual calmed down. But the truth is, in the United States of America, maybe different in the UK, because they're a little bit advanced as far as education and college with regard to our profession. But in the United States of America, there is no real PhD in hypnotherapy. There are a number of different ways where you can get these unreal PhDs in hypnotherapy. You, some of, they range all the way from um, self um, how shall I say this, self-accredited schools, they'll say, well, fully accredited, but they'll be accredited by either themselves or an organization that they set up themselves to accredit themselves or by an organization that is set up to accredit non-accreditable schools. Real degrees come from uh, what is called regionally accredited colleges and universities and these regional accreditations are approved and recognized in the United States by the United States Department of Education and um, unfortunately there's a lot of people out there walking around with these quote PhDs or there's another one DCH doctorate of clinical hypnotherapy which uh, in my opinion are bogus degrees I believe uh, that if you tout yourself as being uh, a PhD or a DCH or uh, this kind of thing in our profession you hurt yourself you hurt the profession and you are misleading your clients I remember having a discussion with, with an individual who was very much sold. Uh, she says, I had to read all these books and, and I had to write a, a paper. So I've got a PhD. And um, I'm saying, well, you know, just because you read some books and you wrote a paper doesn't mean that you meet the academic standards of what is meant by PhD. And then she proceeded with this amazing rebuttal about how she doesn't buy into academia. And I thought, well, that's interesting. You see, if you have a PhD or an MA or MD or MS or BA or BS after your name indicating a degree, that says to the world, I buy into academia. So um, uh, I think... I made no headway with her at all. But I'll tell you what, um, if you're considering getting one of these um, non-accredited PhDs in anything, uh, think twice. Uh, cool. I mean, if you just want to learn something uh, and, and you say, boy, they've really got something to teach me, 
uh, go ahead and take the course, but don't hang the shingle out. It is really an embarrassment to you. It's an embarrassment to the uh, to the profession. And you go to a place, you know, where real professional hypnotists hang out, and uh, they they will snicker behind your back. So uh, please don't hold those out to the public. It's also kind of cheating. Uh, if you, you take someone who's got a real degree, uh, perhaps in nursing or counseling or physical therapy, and you hold out your uh, non-accredited alternative degree as a PhD, and somehow you're saying you're better than that other person. And that really is misleading. Uh, for, if you're going to put that kind of credential out on your website or on your business cards, uh, you really should put underneath it, this is not an academic degree, it's an alternative degree, and it's, um, um, how shall I say this? Um, it's not, it's alternative. Yes, I'll just leave it at that. Good. Uh, do you have any comments on that, Celeste? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I can I'm feel the arrows coming in. <laughs> And gonna, the, the rocks being slung at me by people who've been roped into this kind of thing. You know, Cal, as you were talking, I was thinking we're going to have to get you a hard hat because when you're on that computer screen, people are going to be throwing tomatoes. At least some, there are a few hypnotists who are going to be throwing stuff at their computer. When you're talking, like, to the point, you're going out on a limb here. I know. I think that I'm, I'm probably causing a lot of computer abuse around the world as people are punching their computer screens right now. I love it. You know, I just have to be honest about this stuff. And, you know, I, I'm not going to try to please everybody. I'm going to say what I think. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say what I feel. I reserve the right to change my mind if new information comes up. Uh, uh, let's say a real bachelor's degree program or master's degree program or PhD program comes up in the United States. I'm going to be the very first person to want to take a look at that and back it. And I'll look at it and I'll say, yes, that's backed up by the uh, college that's, that's accredited by, uh, that's regionally accredited and recognized by the United States Department of Education. Amen. And, and I'll say, that's what the direction we should be going. This is a good show. I think this might be one of the best shows we've had so far. And you know what? I think we should leave it at this. Hey. Let's leave it on the high side, huh? That's what I think. Leave them wanting more, as they say, right? Okay, wrap it up, Celeste. Okay, bye, everybody. I'm Celeste Hackett in Plano, Texas. This is Hypnosis Etc. Thanks for joining us. Visit my website, familyfirsthypnosis.com. See you soon. That's right, and this is Cal Banyan, and you'll notice when you go to Celeste Hackett's website and my websites, there is an excellent hypnosis website award. Get yours by going to our hypnos... No, wait hypnosis.org and clicking on the graphic. Also, if you have questions for me, send them to www.askcal.ourhypnospace.com and please visit calbanyan.com. It's Calbanyan. Sign up. This recording is the property of Calbanyan and Calbanyan's Banyan Publishing Incorporated. All rights reserved for private use only. It may not be duplicated without written permission.